before we get started. Cool. Give it a minute though, so uh, people. Oh, you sure. know what? My I had some friends asking for the link. Is this going to be live on your YouTube channel right now? Yeah, it should be. You should be able to find it on my YouTube channel. Because I was looking earlier, I couldn't see it. Yeah, I didn't do like I don't do um, scheduled thingies, event thingies. I, I just go that. live and it just pops up. I'm too lazy for that. It's too much work. So it's on. Oh, I got it. Okay, here we go. Okay. Is so we're live right now. Yep. And I post a message in the chat like, is the sound good? And then people respond. That's how I know everything's working. Sounds cool. good. Roy, Andre, Burgett says, and Lee Chi says. All right, so it looks like we're live. Uh, Joel, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time to have a conversation with me. Would you mind telling me a little bit about yourself and your podcast before we get started? Sure. I'm a man whose life has been transformed by Jesus Christ and uh, the grateful husband of Elisa, father of four kids. And uh, we live in Illinois, where I run an organization called the Think Institute, which helps fathers lead their families in defending the truth of the Christian message. And I um, love talking to people about Jesus and about uh, the Bible and finding out what they believe, hearing people's stories. And um, I run a or I have a podcast. Sorry, I'm just host, posting the link in my Facebook group. Um, yeah, I run a podcast called The Think Podcast with Joel Sedicase. Depending on which podcast catcher app you use, you're going to want to either search for Joel Sedicase, my name, which is there on the screen, I think, or um, The Think Institute or The Think Podcast. Different, like Spotify finds it one way and Apple finds it another way. But uh, I also have a YouTube channel if you just search for The Think Institute where we have, uh, sometimes I'm interviewing a, a guest, a thinker, philosopher, pastor, theologian, or atheist. Um, other times we do debates. Other times it's me teaching on a particular subject or um, answering some apologetics or theological questions. Cool. Do you guys do any live debates, like in-person on-stage debates? Not yet, but Lord willing, at some point in, in the near future. Yeah, that'll be cool. I like doing those and hope I'd love to partner with you guys in the future. If you guys do, where, them. where do you live? Where are you based out of? Uh, I live in Minnesota, but I travel a lot for debates, so I'm happy to fly wherever. Interesting. Cool. All right. So, uh, I am an atheist by which I mean, I believe that, um, all of the arguments and evidence that theists typically use, everything's better explained by naturalism than theism. Could you tell me some of the reasons you think that, uh, theism is a good explanation or evidence that points towards theism. I'd like to tell you my position on those reasons and hear your thoughts on my position. Uh, yeah, I believe in, in Christian theism because that's what the Bible teaches. The preconditions of intelligibility are not only better explained by Christian theism, but they're only explained by, by um, Christian theism. If the biblical world and life view is not true, we have no reason of thinking even the first thought or thinking that we can have even the first datum of knowledge, um, uh, substituting ourselves in place of God's revelation won't do because we have to presuppose logical syllogisms and um, inductive reasoning in order to, uh, and, and deductive reasoning in order to even begin with ourselves or to form any kind of conclusions about the world based on our encourageable experience. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. Um, 
you know, I believe that that Christian theism is true because of my own personal experience and um, the way that reality is corroborated by the witness of Scripture. Um, there are all sorts of other wonderful arguments uh, rooted in logic and morality, science, intelligibility, meaning, purpose, fulfilled prophecy, uh, textual criticism. But, um, you know, I'm just would be interested to see where this conversation takes us. Sure. Okay. So um, starting with the preconditions of intelligibility, um, I don't have any presuppositions whatsoever. My worldview starts with my experience. I experience that doesn't presuppose anything. It's just a direct experience. And then I can create logic and math and all the other languages, formal languages to describe that experience. And so you don't need to presuppose anything because no matter what reality is like with or without a God, it's not possible for those things to be false. Like if there wasn't a God, it would still be true that one plus one equals two and that A equals A. And to say that you need to presuppose God would mean that somehow those could be false if God didn't exist, which would be impossible. Would you I'm sorry. Are you looking for a response there or Yeah, yeah. So my my position is is that you the preconditions of intelligibility is reality exists. That's the, that's the, those are the only preconditions of reality, of intelligibility, because you couldn't not have intelligibility. If God didn't exist, A would still equal A, one plus one would still equal two. It's, if there was no God, it wouldn't be possible for those things to not be true. So uh, how do you know that? Or actually, what do you mean by that? When you say one plus one equals two, what do you mean by that? Um, the math, one object plus another object equals two objects. So the, the, the math, what is math? The language, it's a formal language. Um, so is not, it a language, does a language require speakers or people or minds? Yeah, humans made it up. Okay, so they made it up. Um, when did they make it up? Uh, I don't know. How do you know that they made it up if you don't know when they made it up? It's a formal language that's changed over time. Like we invented zero. I think if that was invented by the Mayans or something. So what about what about math in general? When did we make up math? Over the course of human history. Okay. So how do you know that? All of the evidence we have. Which which is what? What evidence is that? The history of mathematics as taught in college. Okay, so for example. Uh, you could take a college course, I guess. Like, I just go to the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy for math, and math is a formal language invented by people. Okay, I'm, I'm asking you, you said that math is a, a language invented by people, but you don't know yep. when that was invented or who invented it? I don't need to. It's like, I don't need to know who painted the first painting either. I to know paintings are made by men. Okay, well, we're not, we're not talking about paintings, though. We are talking about math, which right. you made a claim about. Yep. So what... So just if, if I understand correctly, what you've done is you've made a claim about math that it's a, a human language. Yeah, it's literally a formal language made by humans. Yes. Literally a formal language that we invented at some point, but you can't point to who invented it. I don't need when, to. It's like, or, I, I don't need to. What was the genesis of that? I don't need to. Like, none of that's relevant. Like why is that, I, I don't need to know who made relevant? the first car to say humans made cars. I don't need to know who did it. I don't need to know when well, they did it. You're assuming, what, what's the similarity there between a car and language without presupposing that language is without 
without pre without including your conclusion in your premises, what's the similarity between math and a car? Um, the history of math and the history of cars is exactly the same in human history. Like literally, it's a language invented by humans at different point and changed. It's been there have Again, been changes made and added. Like I don't, so I don't need, to, I don't need to justify this. This is all known history. If you want to disagree with it, you can disagree with all philosophers and no, 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 that's up to you. No, I don't if, care if you don't. Yeah, well you're appealing to authority or maybe some sort of argument from tradition. But no, it's just I'm... historical fact. Like this isn't really a thing you oh, get an okay. opinion on. It's just literally historical fact. Like this is, oh. this is no, there's no disagreement here on anyone in philosophy. Like, yeah, math is language invented by humans. So if you, if you want to dispute that, you can, but the oh, burden no, is not... on you. I haven't, haven't given my opinion that I'm just asking you for yours. I'm trying to figure out what your view is, is based on. So, uh, I'm going to probably do that a lot, Tom, as we're talking, I'm going to ask you to substantiate what you're, you know, if you make claims, I'm going to ask and expect that you can substantiate them. Sure. That's perfectly fair. And if you can't, that's totally knowledge. fine. I, I, I can accept that. You just say, you know, I don't know. I believe this. I don't have any evidence for it. Other people believe it and they're smarter than me. So I just kind of go with them. And that's, no, that's fine. No, well, it's not quite the same. Like, as I said, I don't need to know who the first, who invented math or who invented the first painting or who invented the first car just to know face. it's, to know it's invented by humans. Um, common yeah. facts and knowledge. Like, I don't need to know them all. If it's a common fact and knowledge, if you dispute it, that would be a problem with your worldview, not mine. Yeah. Again, I haven't, I haven't disputed it. Right. Right. So, so like asking mundane questions, like who is the first person who invented a car is just irrelevant to any argument. My position stands. Oh, I didn't ask that. Wait, Did no, I no, ask no. That? wait, 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 wait. So, so asking who invented the first anything or me knowing random facts about a field is completely irrelevant to the point being made. So I, that doesn't substantiate it or unsubstantiate anything. It's just a relevant red herring. It's called a red herring fallacy. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to provide basic mundane facts. If you want, you can ask the philosophers and mathematicians who do have that information, but it doesn't in any way have anything to do with the point I made. So the point I made was that it doesn't matter. You don't need to presuppose God because reality can't not be reality. A can't not be A. One plus one can't not be two, even if there isn't a God. So if you want to say that you need to presuppose God to have those things, to have the preconditions for intelligibility, A equals A, one plus one equals two, then you would need to show some possible way for those to be false if there wasn't a God, which I don't think there is. So... Let, let's, before we move on to that, let's get back to math really quick, because you made the assertion that math is a language. Um, yeah, as stated by every single and, philosopher and mathematician in the is, entire field. So that's well, a mundane a second, fact. Tom, if you what want. is math referring to? What is the language of math referring to? Well, math is referring to the language, which is know, uh, When we use mathematical terms, what are those terms? And oh, what is uh, the reality. They refer to reality. They describe reality. Most, not always. You can make math that doesn't describe reality. Like F equals MA times 37. Yeah, or imaginary numbers, sure. sure. Um, well, imaginary numbers do refer to reality because they're vectors. Oh. But uh, Okay, so the, um, the, your, your idea that math is a language invented by human beings. To describe reality, yep. To describe reality, so that so there so you're a realist. There is an external reality, yes, to which math corresponds. Yes. Okay. Well, I okay. mean, it could also correspond to your internal reality. Like I imagine one unicorn and another unicorn, so you could refer to either one, even if there's an external world or not. It makes no difference. Math would still work. So even if it was all idealist, it was only or solipsistic, math would still work. So it doesn't matter what reality is like, and you don't need to presuppose. 
an external world, math is still going to be math and logic is still going to be logic. So that makes no difference to my argument whether or not there is an external world. Well, now, why do you think that it makes no argument? Are, are you presupposing that there's a course, correspondence between the math in your mind and the way that external reality works? No. So it makes no difference the way reality is. Like if every single one of my conceptions is wrong, like if, or if it's all imaginary, like if the solipsism is true and my mind is the only mind, then math still works. A equals A is still true. Reality is in still reality. Mind, though, right? No, this is objectively. There's no way for reality to not be this way. Reality can't not be reality, whether there's a God, whether there's no God, whether it's idealist, whether it's solipsistic or dualistic or materialistic, no matter the way reality is, it can never not be reality. A can never not be A. One plus one can never not be two. So it doesn't matter what way reality could be, we're always going to have the intelligibility or the preconditions of intelligibility through logic and math. You don't, doesn't matter what kind it is, whether it's external so or internal. So if I if I understand you correctly, you're you're drawing on a principle that you find in your own mind that you can't imagine one plus one not equaling two, and from that you're drawing inferences about reality as such, which we can come back to what reality is or what you believe about it. But based on that, what you what you view to be an incorrigible, uh, indefeatable idea that one plus one is two in your mind, you're drawing inferences that it therefore must always equal to or the, whatever other principles of math you find in your own mind must also obtain in every other mind and in the world or reality as you call it such as it is so you're drawing is that correct you're drawing that sort of so, so I, i'm starting with out, well i'm starting well i'm starting with i exist so i exist i can't believe i exist and be wrong and from that, I can get logic. And from that, I can get math. So math is a little bit further down the line. But the incorrigible thing is the, I can't believe I exist and be wrong. That's the incorrigible thing that I build the other things off of. So you're, but again, just, just to be clear, because I really want to understand your viewpoint, where you're coming from. The idea of math that you have in your mind, you are extrapolating that out and saying it must be such not only for my own mind, but for any other aspects or elements of reality that that actually obtain. Yes? Uh, sort of. I mean, it, it applies to reality, yeah, objectively, independent of my opinion. Okay. What is what is the principle that makes what goes on in your own thinking normative or necessarily descriptive for all of reality? Um, because I can't believe I exist and be wrong. I'm speaking specifically of like math, logic, those yep. things that you believe that are normative and, and necessarily so, so, descriptive of the So concept. this principle, the fact that I can't believe I exist and be wrong, applies not only to me, but to anything that thinks and to any individual object. And the math that can describe the individuality of me and the plurality of the other objects. So this one principle does describe the normative thing that applies to all of them. So the fact that I can't believe I exist and be wrong gives us a principle which applies normatively to everything. Wow. Okay. So I just want our viewers to just understand what's going on. If I understand you correctly, based on the conceptions that you have in your mind and you've already granted solipsism is, is possible. Um, Anything's possible. Well, not anything. Um, but it's not, it's not, I mean, I would say not anything, but well, yeah, not like um, a square circle or whatever, but generally, well, right. It's a violation of the laws of logic. I believe that I'm also a Christian. I have a good reason for believing that, but you're just so that everyone watching can understand what you're saying is you find a conception in your own mind 
and uh, based on the idea that you you're you're making the jump, pardon the pun, from uh, your incorrigible first person qualia experience, and you're saying that your own existence is uh, self-evidently true to you, or maybe self-authenticating, we might say. And therefore, you find other principles in your mind that therefore is a leap in and of itself, but therefore, the principles that you find operative in your own mind, mathematics, logic, be because your own existence you find to be irrefutable, therefore, the principles in your mind are necessarily true, necessarily descriptive, normative for all of reality such as it is. So I just uh, want our, no, no, I can prove all stuff. of that because I can't think I exist and be wrong. If you, if you can show some way I can think I exist and be wrong, then what you're saying would be relevant. But until then, it's proof. It's QED, philosophical, yeah. logical proof. Not even God could refute this kind of proof. I can't think I exist and be wrong kind of a proof. Yeah. So so again, so what, what we need to do, Tom, is we need to compare worldviews. I'm, uh, I'm not examining the biblical world and life view right now, what I'm trying to do is to understand how you, um, given your non-Christian presuppositions, make that leap across the chasm of uh, the, the distinction between your own mind and whatever other reality exists, and therefore try to impose the concept in your mind upon all reality. Would well, you agree for, that's what you're doing? Well, I have no presuppositions. There are zero presuppositions in my worldview, but I mean, I think that's sort of true. So yeah, I have an idea. Like I think therefore I am, I exist. Mm -hmm. And from that I can derive math and logic. And from math and logic, I apply that to things I experience. Well, and I conclude those things are external to me for other evidential reasons. But So you just said you had no presuppositions. Correct. Do you, would you like to walk that back now that you just said that? No, I have zero said? presuppositions. My world well, the, starts with direct experience and that's it. So there's except, no presupposition there. Well, except for the presupposition that there's a correspondence between your mind and reality. Nope, and that's not a, and, there's and no truth. presupposition there. So I have an experience. Oh. There's there's no cor there's no okay. assumption there that it corresponds to reality. I just have an experience. That's that's okay. the full starting point. So, so then would you like to walk, I'm sorry, go ahead. So, so it says, I have an experience and then I can't believe I exist and be wrong. Therefore, now I have math and logic. I can build those off of that principle. It doesn't matter if what I'm experiencing describes reality or it's just an illusion in my brain, which would still in a way describe reality because it's my illusion is going sure. to also be in a reality. But it doesn't have to, like nothing I'm experiencing has to correspond to reality other than the fact that I can't exist or believe I exist and be wrong at the same time. That part must necessarily correspond to reality. And therefore, I have something that corresponds to reality, and from that I can build languages which correspond to reality. Yeah. It, just, I hope you can see, Tom, and maybe we can move on from this point after this. Um, happy to give you the last word on it, but I hope you can see that all you've described so far is what you believe to be an incorrigible recognition of your own reality, of your own existence what is the incorrigible hold, 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 hold on one second your your first person qualia your first person experience and well, then, well my, my claim wasn't my first person quality was, was that you get math and logic you get math and logic no no it's from the fact that i can't believe i exist and be wrong i mean do you refute that do you think i can believe i exist and be wrong is that a possibility i, I don't i'm a christian though i I'm, right. I'm without God, with is, is that possible? Is it possible for that to be wrong, even if there is no God? If there's no God, can I believe I exist and be wrong? 
that that's not a meaningful statement. It's clearly meaningful. Definitely, it's a coherent no. sentence. There's no logical contradiction no, it, in that sentence. Um, but no, it, so the question it presupposes, is: Well, one second, because I was making a point earlier. But so, would, would you mind if I finished? I, I'll try not to talk well, over you. And... I didn't understand your because it seemed like you're misrepresenting my position there. So my position was: is I think, therefore, I am. That can't be wrong. That disproves presuppositionalism. And you're saying that, well, that's just in your head. It seems to be your response, but doesn't make a difference. That's still in reality. Okay. So, Tom, what you've told me so far is about the conceptions that you have in your mind. You're, you're attempting to do, I'm, I'm trying to think how many different numbers of things right now, but- Well, no, no, because I, I, mean, let me, let me I, just please, address, stop, just real, well, real quick. I haven't- that's Tom, the part. That's the part be, you got wrong. That's the part you got wrong. Going to be I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. you interrupting me. Well, that's <laughs> sorry, but you you kind of you're strawmanning my position here. So my position. This has nothing I, to do with my mind. Okay. I can't think I exist and be wrong in any possible reality outside of my mind. God, no God, external, internal, idealist, materialist. There's no possible reality where I can think I exist and be wrong. Therefore, this is true outside of my mind in all possible worlds. Okay. Go ahead. That's it. So the, that was just a correction right. to your statement that this isn't just internal to my mind. It's all possible worlds. There's no way for okay. this not to be the case. Okay. So there's a correspondence between your mind and what must be true in all possible worlds. Is That's your position. No, there's a correspondence between what must be true in all possible worlds and my mind. So it starts oh. with the... starts with... Because you're starting with your own thinking, but now you're... What were you going to say? It starts with what? Yeah, so epistemologically, I start with my own thinking, but that doesn't have anything to do with the ontology of all possible worlds, which can't, there's not one in any possible world where I can think I can exist and not exist. And so your mind can make uh, definitive normative statements about all possible worlds? Uh, yes, because there's... What is, what is the connective principle between your mind, your thinking, and all possible worlds? That I can't or, and what must I, be true about them because I can't believe I exist and be wrong. That is it. Well, that's that's a statement about what you can't believe. My question is, what is the what is the principle that unites Tom Jump's thinking with what must be true in all possible worlds? What is that? What is that principle? Is that a principle that originates within your own mind, or is that a necessarily true proposition that exists um, external or necessarily apart from your own mind? Well, propositions don't exist outside of minds. They're just sentences that describe reality. So, I agree with that. But I'm asking, where does that proposition exist? The proposition is just a description of reality. So where does that, right, but propositions are mental entities, yes? Right, so exist in so people's So where does heads. that proposition? Mine, well, I have an idea. That's your, presupp that's, your, that's your belief, that's your presupposition. Well, it's not a presupposition. So like, I have a thought, the sky is blue, that proposition exists in my head, I'm literally thinking it. Okay, I maybe I read too much into what you're saying, but the 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 principle that there is something within your own thinking that corresponds to all of reality and that you can extrapolate using using your own thinking, you can extrapolate based on the principles that you find to be true that you can now make absolute statements about all possible worlds. Yep. Okay. That that what I'm what I'm asking you for is what is the principle that you believe that gives you the epistemic right to make normative or, or irrefutable or indefeatable statements about all of reality, including all 
possible worlds. What and and then that principle, part two, that principle is that something that is um, merely in your mind, or is it transcendent? Maybe we maybe we go that route. Is it transcendent? Yes, transcendent. I can't think I exist and be wrong. That is true in all possible worlds. So instead of asking me where I get the justification, you would have to prove this false. If you can't prove it false, I have justification. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm asking you to support your assertions. I'm asking you I, to. I did. I've, I've answered. Like the answer is, you've, I you've believe I exist. Continue to assert. Well, uh, that's, that's the justification. You... So this is the final justification. Oh. I can't believe okay. I exist and be wrong. That is it. That, that okay. is full 100% justification that QED gives me a justification for logic unless you can prove it wrong. I am now justified completely. I need nothing more. Yeah. Okay. So, so logic is what? Description of languages that describe all these things. Okay. And, and is logic um, a series of propositions as well? Is logic a series of propositions? Is, is logic, is, are the laws of logic propositions? uh sure i guess okay and those propositions exist in your mind or do they exist um ex externally and necessarily apart from your mind in uh, other words if, if time jump didn't exist would would the propositions of logic the laws of logic still be true would they still obtain the reality that instantiates them would the proposition themselves wouldn't the proposition only exist as a sentence in your head would would the would the propositions be true were someone else to think them apart from your mind? Yes. Okay. So they're referring to a a reality. There's a correspondence between the way reality actually is necessarily and the propositions not only that you have in your mind, but the propositions that I have in my mind, provided I'm thinking logically, which is perhaps not always the case. Um and so so there are true propositions that exist as mental entities necessarily and independently of any human mind thinking them no they would always be true they would always be true were they to be asserted apart from any human mind correct no so it's like logic is exactly like the word tree the word tree describes a thing there's a there's a tree outside but the word tree doesn't exist anywhere it's not objective there's no transcendence to the word tree the thing it's referring to exists objectively so logic a equals a refers to reality so reality exists objectively but the proposition a equals a doesn't exist anywhere it's just a sentence like tree or the sky is well, it, blue it exists in your mind though yes as a sentence like tree or the sky is blue okay so according to your position then tom what um and, and I'm, I'm really trying to drill down on this. I'm sorry if it seems redundant, but um, I'm, I'm hearing you say you have this principle in your mind about the way that you have experienced the world, reality, as you put it, and, and the way that you currently experience it, given self-reflection or reflection about what you perceive to be reality. And from that, you're extrapolating not only to not only to any hypothetical external world, but but you're you're actually extrapolating that into the future as well correct so you believe that the laws of logic will continue to be true into the future necessarily so uh right because reality can't not be reality well it can't it can't but are you reality can't not be reality we probably need to drill down more on what reality is but everything that exists okay well, yeah there's probably go a little deeper than that but I, I, I've heard you explain that before, but I'd love to, I'd love to drill down on that more. But the question of reality can't 
not be reality in the future. And correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is in the future, the laws of logic will always be true. Yes. Uh, sort of. I'm saying the laws of logic describe that fact. Reality can't not be reality. That's A equals A. In, into the future. Yeah, there's no point when reality can't not be reality. Or won't, won't be able to not be reality, as, as you put it. Correct? Sure. So you, so you know you can say necessarily true truths about the future. Sure. You believe. Yeah. Okay. And, how, and how did you... How did you come by that knowledge? Because I can't think I exist and be wrong. I can apply the same principle to that other sentence about the future. Reality can't not be reality in the same way I can't think I exist and not exist. Could you flesh that out for me? I'm not, I'm not seeing that. Okay, so I think I exist and I can't not exist at the same time. Reality can't be reality and not reality at the same time in the exact same way that I can't think I exist and not exist. What's the... What's... What's the similarity between logic? The statements, no, no, real quick. What's the similarity between your statement that you thinking that you exist necessitates your own existence and your statement that reality can't not be reality into the future? T connect that dot for me. I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing your justification. Okay, so I can't think I exist and not exist, so I can't be me and not be me. Reality can't be oh. itself and not be itself in the same way that I can't be me and not be myself. Okay. So based on what you find to be true about yourself, you, what, what is, so, so I'm, premise one, I, Tom jump, think that I think, therefore I exist. Premise two blank premise three, the future will always continue to adhere to the laws of logic. What's that second principle? What is that? What's that premise? I'm, I'm, I'm missing something. What is uh, your, really spell it out. Reality can't under any conditions not be reality, which includes time. Therefore, in all points in time in the future and past, reality cannot be reality. Cannot okay. not be reality. That's your conclusion. Well, that's, that's the, a full argument. So f premise one, nothing can make reality not reality. Time is a thing. Time changing cannot make reality not reality that's that's the those are the three three premises okay two premises on the conclusion got it okay so nothing can make thank you i appreciate you fleshing that out this is an interesting idea nothing can make reality not reality and that is substantiated how um, how is that based based on because blank nothing can make reality not reality because it would be a logical contradiction Okay, because there'd be a logical contradiction. Yeah. So presupposing, you said you have no presupposition. Nope, there's so, no presupposition. So, so, so remember, so I start with, I think, therefore I am. So I think, therefore I am. I, I exist, I can't not exist. From that, I build logic. Well, even that. Wait, wait, so from that, I build logic, and then I can apply logic to reality. Oh, so it's okay. not a presupposition there. Still, I'm still starting with my experience. Build oh, okay. logic off my experience, then use logic to describe reality. Okay, so you, you do have a faith in logic. You just... Um, logic logic isn't necessarily true truth you just um, well, i don't have faith but oh okay yeah um but you you well i mean do, do i have faith that i think i exist and can't exist or don't exist? like can, can oh, i is that, is that's that fine faith? if you don't want to use the word faith I'm, I'm okay with that okay um that's fine belief uh trust well we've been going for half an hour i kind of like to ask you some questions now if you don't sure mind. sure yeah so so 
doing the comparing worldviews thing. So my worldview starts with, I think, therefore I am. That's pretty irrefutable. That's a very solid grounds. How does your worldview compare to that? So does yours have a grounds that can come anywhere near as close to as justified as that position? I think, and I exist. Therefore, like I think, therefore I can't not exist. Well, that I, I believe that as well. I believe uh, that my thinking is is um, irrefutable evidence that I exist. Sure, I, of course, I believe that I exist. Um, but you know, my own mind is not the ground for any of my other beliefs. Uh, you know, my my belief in the the truths of the laws of logic. Uh, is not grounded in my own mind. And I think this is where you run into trouble. I don't know if you've seen that. I, I hope you have. But um, well, maybe no, I his mind's grounded in reality and I'm just a part of reality. So yeah, okay, okay. So I'm sorry, I'm just trying to be dismissive. I I just, your your concept of reality is, well, well I, I would actually like to hear you articulate it. But well, yeah, so, so reality, not, reality not means whatever to... exists. So I don't actually make any assumptions about what exists or what doesn't here. I don't need to. For my argument, it's just the only thing I know that exists is myself and everything else is up for grabs. But the point is, is that you don't need to presuppose God at all to ground the preconditions of intelligibility. All I need to know is reality exists. And whatever form that takes, yeah. I now have the preconditions of intelligibility. Yeah, Tom, I, I know you wanted to ask me some questions here, but... I, I hope, at least our viewers, if you can't see it, I hope your viewers can see all the presuppositions that are going into what you're saying. I mean, even the very fact that you're communicating using language, it, it presupposes that words will mean the same thing in five seconds from now as they meant five seconds previously. It, it assumes that there's- Well, none of those there, are presuppositions. Well, real, quick, real quick, Tom. It, yeah, I know you say you don't make presuppositions, but your all of your statements so far have been, have to, to, the, to a person who's able to spot them, They've been full of presuppositions. The, what is a presupposition? Coherence, uh, it's a belief uh, that you start with prior to any other inquiry um, or anything anything else. Right. So when I make a Re sentence. Quick, um, what, let me finish that point. Though, okay. If you please. Do you mind if I finish sure, before you ahead. jump in? Yep. Okay. Um, so I hope that people can see, even if you can't, and I hope someday that you will come to see it, is that the belief that reality will always be reality, you know, you're presupposing the law of identity, which is an invariant, immaterial, unchanging, universal, objective, knowable, mental entity that is true, irrespective, and totally independent of, of human minds. You're presupposing the intelligibility of language, you're presupposing that your mind and my mind correspond in some way that language is uh, sufficient, um, even necessary means of communicating ideas from one mind to the other. You're presupposing that there is um, real reality. And these are things that you take for granted. That That is, even your statement that reality is reality, um, that is that is something you take for granted. Those are presuppositions. Now, I understand you don't like to use the term presuppositions. I, I'm, I would say humbly, it's not something you need to be afraid of saying. We all have presuppositions. We all no, have we a worldview. We, oh, okay. Um, but I hope your, your viewers can see that even if you can't again, Tom. Um, well, this has already been debunked. Like we, we, people who are educated in philosophy know that that's false. Yeah, it's an appeal like, to authority, but okay. no appeal to authority is only fallacious when they're not actual authority. So it's not actually an appeal to okay. authority in that case. Um, so first, you got presuppositions wrong. Presuppositions are things you assume are true before an argument begins, not before you believe anything else. And all the things you listed, none of those were presuppositions. Like as I said, I ground logic and math and language from my experience. So these are not things I presuppose. These are things I come up with after the fact 
of my experience. So they're not presuppositions. I'm not starting with these things. Now, obviously, now I'm speaking in English, so I'm presupposing you understand English. Um, that's technically a, something I start with before the argument. But that's not something I need for my justification of knowledge. So me communicating to you, none of our correspondence or our language or our ability to communicate, none of those are presuppositions in an argument at all. None of them have anything to do with my position. It's just something I'm presupposing for the sake of the argument, but none of them in any way affect my justification of reality. So what you said there was a straw man. None of it makes any difference to my argument. Secondly, I don't presuppose, like when you said, I presuppose reality is real, like that, that is an incoherent statement. That, that's literally an incoherent statement. Um, okay. How can you presuppose there's a non-real, how, how can you suppose there is a non-real reality? Like, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't presuppose that. I don't posit that. Well, you have to. So if, you, if you're claiming that I'm presupposing reality is real, that means you have to hold the possibility there is a non-real reality. No, I don't. You have to. Like if you're F claiming- Flesh that out for me. How so? Right. So if you're claiming I am presupposing that reality is real, that means that there has to be some possibility reality isn't real or there's a non-real reality. Why is that? Why would you? Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not seeing the- Because it I'm wouldn't be a presupposition otherwise. If it's a necessary truth, it can't be a presupposition. Well- Based on what? What's what's the rule there? What, what where do you get that rule from? Because I don't believe that. Is well, that something like, that you believe? No, it's just a fact of necessary truth. It's like presupposing there is not a round square or something like, yeah. or not presupposing there is not a married bachelor. Like you don't presuppose there's a married bachelor. They literally mean contradictory things. So you can't. Yeah. Like, like if your mind can't conceive of it, then it can't be a presupposition of not the thing. Oh. So that's so that's an interesting rule that you've come up with. I don't I don't personally subscribe to the idea that for something to be a presupposition, the possibility of the contrary, you know, has to obtain in some possible world. I actually hold uh, the opposite when it comes to my presupp my Christian presuppositions. So um, and and obviously I I freely and happily admit that I do have Christian presuppositions, but you know I I presuppose. God's existence, uh, the reality of God, rather, and because uh, existence is a loaded term, but the reality of God and His self-revelation, and 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 because of that, you know, I'm free to presuppose logic and mathematics and uh, moral moral realities and obligations and things like that. Not because I think that somehow it's um, it's possible for the contrary. Quite the opposite. the The proof of Christianity is the impossible impossibility of the contrary. So when I hear you making all these assertions, I'm, I'm sitting here going, yeah, Tom, I agree. Like my incorrigible experience is very good proof that I exist. I believe that because I'm a Christian. I believe there's a correspondence between what goes on in, in my own mind and reality as it is. I also believe in a unifying principle of reality such that it's not just a, a random collocation of, you know, discrete particulars you know there there's there's both unity and diversity in the world um those are unified in 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 the uh the the reality of god's triune nature so for me i'm hearing everything you're saying i'm going yeah amen my question is how does your um infinitely minute um starting point of your own incorrigible experience of your own thinking you know, how does that get you anywhere but but again i'm i'm not tr i'm not trying to just constantly shift Back right, to you. I'm, right. I'm happy to talk about what I believe. I just yeah, I definitely know, want to get into that. Um, but want, when you said you said I believe that because I'm a Christian, which means if you weren't a Christian, could you believe otherwise? I could believe all, all kinds of false things. If I, I could be a non-Christian like you, and I could believe all kinds of contradictory things. No, no I mean, offense. 
Uh, yeah, of course, sure. So if my you were, mind is not the standard of truth. So if you were a non-Christian, could you think you exist and be wrong? If God didn't no, exist, because Christianity could you think... is true. This is the thing. No, because Christianity is true. Okay, so if Christianity wasn't true, could you think you exist and be wrong? It is impossible for Christianity not to be true. There is no possible world in which the triune God of Scripture does not exist, is not real. What do you mean by possible world? Uh, any any state of affairs. Okay, I can imagine a world with no God. Most atheists do. Most humans have exist, imagined a world without a God. There's no logical contradiction there. Doesn't that are those possible worlds by definition? No, God definitionally exists in those worlds as well. You're just denying him. You're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. And and again, I, I don't say that as an insult, but... Um, but what, what is possible? Possible world means a world that does not contain a logical contradiction, right? Correct. So a world with nothing in it, including no God, would entail no logical contradiction, that, right? No God is a logical contradiction. There is there is no God. That is not that is not a logically meaningful statement. What, what, a world, to, what, so a world with absolutely nothing, complete philosophical nothing, including no God, nothingness. God exists in that world. <laughs> you've, you've heard this before, right? No. Nope. This is not totally new. You've heard the ontological argument. Yes, Have but um, God exists in a world of philosophical nothing. Now, that is a new thing I've never heard before. Well, there's there's no such thing as, what I'm saying is that world that you're pointing at going, that's a philosophically uh, empty world. I'm saying, nope, look closer, God is there. Because it, the laws of logic, the laws of morality, the laws of mathematics, as you said, the laws of mathematics, you, you made that point, not me, correct me if I'm wrong, the laws of mathematics could not not obtain. Right. Right, so... Those are, um, we're talking about a world in which there are no human minds, Yep. right? And you just said that the laws of mathematics are necessarily, they necessarily obtain in that world. You just said, yeah, to that. Feel yep. free to deny what you just said. That's no, no, fine. that's right. That's correct. Walk so, it back. Okay. But so I'm not... laws being what they are, you believe that laws can't exist outside human minds. Right. I'm saying well, uh... laws are... Sort or of. outside minds. Right, I think I think I think I get what you're saying. So let me see if I so no, no, imagine. Real quick, let me let me bring that point. Let me put a bow on. All right, all right, let if me you start, don't mind, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so in that world in which you just said philosophical nothingness obtains, you just admitted that logic and math. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you said math. I would assume you mean logic, because uh, logic as well, because math is downstream from logic. I think according to your view, I don't want to misrepresent you. Almost, but, uh, uh, but in paradise, that, but yeah, okay. In that world, there are uh, necessarily true metaphysical or or uh necessarily true propositions mental objects with no other minds in that world we are we have to realize we are just describing a world in which god is there this accords perfectly with scripture and i promise i'll put a bow on it right after this and, and then i want to let you you go here but um the the world in which those non-physical immaterial which is the same as non-physical basically necessarily existent truths obtain is a world in which God's necessarily uh, uh, necessarily real, immaterial, knowable, uh, absolute universal mind also obtains. So there is no philosophical world in which God does not exist. This is why when the Bible says in the beginning was the word, you cannot escape God. He is inevitable. Okay. So um, imagine there's a planet on Alpha Centauri with trees. Are there any humans on Alpha Centauri? No, right? Because humans are here. As far as we know, yeah. So how is it that we can use the word tree to describe a place that has no humans? 
it's because it's a word. The abstract words, which exist in human minds, can be applied to things, even if the words don't exist. So if there's another universe with no humans that ever existed there, mm. we can still use English words to describe that universe. Does that mean that English is in that universe somewhere? I'm not in, I'm, wait, no, we're, like you said earlier, we're using language to describe concepts. We could be speaking French, we could be just speaking, but, but what you just, what you're saying, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, I want to understand you here, is that on a planet in Alpha Centauri, if there were trees, those trees would still be trees. No. So, so I'm, I'm specifically using just the English here. So if we imagine, I want to use a different universe. Imagine there's two universes. Oh, Our universe. Not, I don't believe that English is, you know, that English exists necessarily. Right. But we can still use English in another universe, right? So if you imagine there's a universe with absolutely well, we're nothing. we're using English in this universe. Right, or absolutely. To, to talk about other universes. Absolutely. So, so in yeah. this universe, we're using English to describe other universes. So there's this universe with absolute nothing in it. And we can use English words like absolute oh. nothing to describe the universe, right? No. Well, we, we, can use, we can use words to describe a married bachelor or a squared circle. Sure, yes. But that doesn't well, that, mean no, that anything... Just, well, um, no, that's a quick. different different point different point so so we can imagine no, it's the same point it's well, no no so, so i'm going a different direction here so imagine if there's another universe with a tree in it or a planet and a tree oh, yeah, 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 we yeah, can sure, use sure. english words in this universe to describe that universe with you that planet did. yeah yeah did. but there's no english english doesn't exist in that universe anywhere does it what well, I, I mean if i were in that universe it, it certainly would mentally i'm putting there myself are zero, in that there universe, are zero so. people in that universe yeah mentally i'm using english to describe something in that universe right Right. That's how logic and math works too. So if we're trying to describe those other universes, they're just like English. They apply to describe the things in the other universe, but you're, the English making... and the, the logic and math, they don't exist just like English doesn't. So okay. there's no there's no reason to think because it seems like what your argument was was that there are these properties of logic and math, these irrefutable transcendental truths that are in that universe too. And Which because I was basing that off I mean, I believe yeah. that of course, but Earlier in our conversation, you seem to indicate that you believe the same thing. Sort of. So I think I think this is why I brought up the tree example. Is so logic and math are words like tree, like English and Japanese and French that we made up to describe the things that exist. The things exist, the relations exist, but logic and math are just languages humans made up exactly like English to describe the things like the tree. So the yes. tree is there, the reality is there, the relations are there. But logic and math are human made up languages. And so you don't need God for all of those relations and the objects. They exist just fine on their own. That's, and yeah. our languages that you seem to be saying are the things that require a mind, they don't need to exist at all in those universes because they're just descriptions like tree. No, I think you misunderstand me. Okay. I, I, I hope you can I hope you can see this. I at least hope our viewers can see this. Um you're and you're you're conflating a few things. So let me see if I can try to pull apart some of the things that you said, and maybe we can examine them a little closer. Um, I've got about 15 minutes left though. So, so we'll see, we'll see how far we can get with this. Um, the idea that um, I'm using English to describe things in some possible world says nothing. I know we agree on this. I'm just set, trying to, trying to lay yep. down some agreement and then we can move on to maybe we disagree. Yep. Says nothing about the necessary existence of english as a language right i mean right english english was different probably 50 years ago than, and it'll be different in the future probably okay that's fine um i think where you're potentially making a categorical error category error is when you're st you start talking about trees trees don't exist necessarily whereas logic and math do and this and and i think you agree with me on that because 
earlier you were you were talking about how you know from your based on your own incorrigible experience of your own thinking you extrapolate out from that the principle i exist or i am or whatever um and then from there you, you kind of made this leap this this jump the tom jump mm -hmm. to sorry that's a terrible pun to uh logic and math and everything else um Listen, I agree with you. I'm a Christian. I agree with you that logic and mathematics are true in all possible worlds. The, 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 the point of difference I think that we have is this, is that I agree with the Tom Jump from 40 minutes ago that said math is true in reality and, and the implication was in all possible worlds. I don't know if you said that exactly. Someone could rewind and find that out. I agree with that Tom Jump. I, what I don't agree with is the Tom Jump that is saying we can use language to describe a hypothetical reality of logic in this possible world, but logic doesn't actually obtain just like a tree wouldn't obtain in that world. So I don't agree with the time jump that is trying to equivocate between something like a contingent entity, like a tree and necessarily true uh, entities like laws of logic or mathematics. So what I'm saying is, well, those are the same. So those aren't actually contradictions. I think that's, are? I think so the position that, uh, logic is a language just like English is a language. The word tree applies to any world that has a tree in it. And the word uh, A equals A, or 1 plus 1 equals 2, applies to any worlds that math and logic applies to. Now, all worlds math and logic apply to, and all worlds with trees, the word tree applies to. But they don't apply because of the words. The words themselves don't do anything Correct. to the universes. Correct. There is something in the universe to which those words correspond, but the mm -hmm. words themselves don't matter. They're, they, they're right. made, they just exist in our universe and no other Correct. universe. And that so, thing that, the thing to which those words correspond, that when we're talking trees, that's contingent. When we're talking logic and mathematics, that's necessary. Yes? Well, well logic and math are the English. They're the words. The words themselves are contingent. You can change the words however you want. You can make Yes, them. I know. I, so so our language don't. of logic and math don't exist anywhere other than our heads, but they describe things that exist. Just C like the correct. word tree doesn't exist, but it describes things that exist. So in these other universes, there is something that exists. It's not logic. It's not math. It's reality. <laughs> okay. So okay. logic and math don't exist in any of those universes. Logic and I math can't are things... Logic and math only exist in our universe as languages like English that we use to describe other universes, just like okay. the word tree. But they don't... Now, they don't exist in any of those other universes. Those, those other universes, if they existed, would exist, and they, they have properties because they exist. Logic and math isn't one of those properties. Logic and math is just things we use to describe those properties. Hmm. So, so we don't need a mind that's to ground a, those things. Those are that's just, an interesting idea. That's, that's, that's really fascinating, Tom. So... So it's called the correspondence theory of truth. Yeah, well, almost. So the the idea that um, the idea that in this hypothetical world of of philosophical nothingness, there could be no aspect, no no aspect of that reality about which it would be true to say a equals a, and, and a is not not a, and a or not a. That, that that's a fascinating idea though those would still be accurate descriptions you can still uh -huh, use okay good good those, so you, then we you can still agree. use you can still use our we english agree. language to accurately describe that universe just yes, like you can use english I, words like I can't tell nothingness if in, i'm sorry go ahead i cut you off well so so that this applies to all possible universes all of our language our made-up words like logic and math describe all realities 
not because they're in all realities, they're just words that are abstractly apply to all the different ones. Like if I called up the word reality, that would apply to all the different worlds. Or universe, that would apply to all the different worlds. Okay. None of these words are in any of those worlds. They're just abstract enough to apply to all of them. Logic and math are abstractions in the human brain which can apply to all of those things, can describe them. They don't exist in any of them. They still they still accurately describe them. So they're still correct as A equals A in all of them. But the logic is just our language. It describes the facts of the matter. The reality itself has properties. Logic isn't one of those properties. Math isn't one of those properties. I want to I want to just try and summarize what just happened. So do you see what you just did? You said use basic philosophy? Not exactly. You're 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 spinning this very um very convoluted uh tangle. I'm gonna see if I can help. It's the you correspondence untangle. theory of truth. Sentences have truth value. Describe reality. Yes. So Tom, what you're saying I think you're trying to make my view you're trying to change my view or maybe you're I, i'm really i'm honestly trying to i don't know you i'm trying to figure out if you're intentionally misrepresenting what i'm saying are are well, you do this you is my actually position. believe real quick do you actually believe that i'm saying that the english language used to describe the metaphysical reality of logic necessarily exist in all possible worlds sort of so it seems like you're saying that some kind no. of transcendental conceptual truth itself exists in the other universe which is the language that that that's just a part of language that the conceptual truth doesn't exist anywhere like truth is a property of language sentences the reality well, exists you, and we can create sentences to describe the reality but yeah. the sentences the logic the math all of those conceptual relations those are only descriptions of the reality. They're not the reality ah, itself. Okay, okay. So I thank you for explaining that. I see a difference in our view. And I, I, I hope you'll come around to see my point of view here. The laws of logic and mathematics. I Again, I agree with the Tom Jump earlier in this conversation. I'm not well, sure all of the Tom Jumps agree here. This. this is just correspondence theory of truth. They both agree here. Okay. I, I beg to differ because um, you said earlier something about how it's impossible for reality not to be reality. Yep. You made a normative statement. That's not just a descriptive statement. That's a normative statement. It's well, a, normative it's a statement is should. The way... Normative is a should statement. So that, there's not a should there. Well, the laws of logic are both descriptive and normative. Well, normative is normative is a should statement. So like the logic is normative in the fact that you should think this because of this. It's not, there's like the universe, you're not telling the universe it should be this way. Like, no, it, normativity applies to humans, not to other universes. Right. And yet the universe remains consistent, remains reliable, remains faithful, which accords with my worldview, almost as if Tom, almost as if, now hear me on this, there's an abstract or immaterial universal absolute mind holding the universe together by the power of his word right and so, that's the part you don't need so like if a part no 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 wait, real quick real quick so the the idea that you put forward earlier that it's that something is impossible it's it's uh it it must never be it could never be it will never be that accords with my worldview because that accords with the Logos, Jesus Christ, holding the universe together. In him, all things consist. Um, well, it doesn't. That, that's, that's the problem. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, 
So, so it's like if I said there's a there's a tree there or a particle or whatever, and you're saying that there's this mind holding all things together, that means that if there wasn't a mind, somehow the particle would stop existing. It would stop being a particle or something like that. That's no, it, it would yeah, it would cease to exist, correct. Well, that's incoherent. That's the problem here is that there's no there's no evidence that minds can do anything. Like this your argument is synonymous with saying that the that reason mean? there are trees in Alpha Centauri is because the English guy who invented, let's call him Bob, Bob invented the word tree, and Bob is instantiating the word tree in that universe, otherwise it would stop being a tree, no. which makes no sense at all. Like Clearly, no, the words, the, the language, those associations, those conceptual associations, are completely irrelevant to the ontology of the other universes, just what, like they're irrelevant maybe, to ours. What is the ontology of reality? Uh, what Any of them wouldn't make a difference. What is What is... The ontology of reality, according to you, well, it wouldn't make a difference to my argument. Like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a materialist, but it wouldn't that. make a difference. I know, yeah, and and you, you seem to want to not, not describe your your view of ontology. Um, well, you know, it what? doesn't make a difference to my argument. So I mean, I can, but it just doesn't change the argument. The argument is the okay, same. Go ahead. I'm a materialist. I think everything is matter, matter and energy and motion. And what, what is matter? What, what is matter? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I just know our epistemic means to describe it and interact with it. It's energy. Energy. What is energy? I don't know. So it's just stuff. So, so everything is just stuff or everything. Technically. Is just, is yes. Real. Technically everything <laughs> is stuff. Okay. What, what keeps that stuff stuff? What makes that stuff stuff from one moment to the next? Um, well, it can't not be. It's, there's nothing making it be. Like what, what keeps God is God. Well, it's just his nature, right? So the same thing would apply to everything. Re what keeps reality is reality. It's reality. There's nothing holding okay. it there. I mean, that so would that... be, well, it would be an infinite regress argument. If you're saying that in order for stuff to keep being stuff, it needs to have a God to hold it in place. Well, then why is the God the God? Well, there needs to be well, some you... greater God holding it in place. Is that, are you really making that argument? Yeah, because it's actually a legitimate argument. So if you're claiming that okay. what is holding stuff together, if stuff needs some justification to hold it together, well, then whatever is holding it together would need some justification for why it's holding it together. And if it doesn't, then whatever justification you use to say that this God thingy doesn't need something to hold it together mm. would apply directly to the stuff. And you can so in, omit the God because it's simpler. Okay, so again, going back to worldview comparison, uh, within the biblical Christian worldview, the most fundamental difference a line running down reality, demarcating one kind of reality from another kind is the creation-creator distinction. And so... Um, Do you have any evidence that there is such a thing? Evidence presupposes God. Remember, we're, we're entering into the biblical worldview adopted for the sake of argument. And um, I'm, I'm, we can talk about that, but don't, don't try and throw me off because uh, I am going somewhere with this. Okay. So the... Um, Creator-creator creator distinction. Creation, the the creator-creation distinction is the fundamental distinction in all reality. And so the, you don't know this about Christianity? Um, I don't know this about reality. Like creator-creator distinction really doesn't apply I'm, anywhere in physics. I'm, okay. Physics describes the created reality. Go with me on this, Tom. We're, we're adopting the, the Christian worldview for the sake of argument. Yeah, I, and, I, I'd never heard anybody say creator-creator distinction was the most fundamental thing. That's a new thing, so go ahead. In the Christian worldview, you've never heard this? You've never... No no one's ever said the creator-creator distinct, creator-creation distinction was the most fundamental thing. That's I've never heard that. 
I'm that uh, dumbfounds me. Have you not interacted with any of Cornelius Van Til's work? Presuppositionalist uh, ever? I've talked with you. Many have. I know you have. I've seen yeah. some. Of your uh, they've they've never said the creator creator distinction was the most fundamental thing. That creator, I have never heard. Creation distinction. Yes. The. In other words, there's two kinds of reality. Don't. I, I'm 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 kind of. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to be affected here. I'm just saying. That's that's very surprising to me. Yes, the the fundamental difference between all reality is, um, there's God and then there's creation. So, so within, man, you did you succeeded in throwing me off. Where was I going with that? Um, you said there was the, this uh, one line and the creator creator distinction yeah. most fundamental thing. Right, right, right. So anyway, I don't I don't even know where I was going with that. I, I, it dump, I, I'm flummoxed that you've you've never heard that the most fundamental difference is between God and not God. Whereas in your worldview, reality is all there is. So to, to try and enter, I think I remember now, to try and enter into the Christian worldview and say um, that in any way we can apply the same attributes to the created cosmos as we do to, to, uh, to the uncreated reality, which is God, metaphysical reality. Um, that's not part of the Christian worldview. You can't, could you say that again um, to apply the same? Yeah, I can tell you're, you're typing or you're doing something else, but apply the same properties to the creator. I'm trying to type what you're saying. Created yeah, the, the incommunicable the attributes of God. Um, incommunicable meaning. So there are some attributes of God that we share, at least analogously, love, um, thought, things like that, logic, the ability to do mathematics. Um, but there are incommunicable attributes as well. So in the Christian worldview, God exists necessarily. Reality is contingent. For you to, for, so there's no there's no logical contradiction there. And to say you know to ask for for evidence within the biblical worldview presupposes all of the con preconditions of intelligibility that make evidence a meaningful concept. As a materialist, you don't have those preconditions. And so evidence cannot be a meaningful concept unless you can, you can demonstrate how, um, you know, how there are immaterial necessarily true propositions that are just grounded in the, the material. I mean, grounded in stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, That's what I did. So yeah, okay. I can't believe I exist um, to be wrong. It gives me all of that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I don't think you've, I think you've asserted it. I don't think you've even attempted to substantiate it, but it is 12 and I need to run. Yep. Great having you on. Love to have you on and chat again sometime. And I will let you go if you want to give another shout out to your channel and where people can find you before you head out. I appreciate that. Yes, I'd love to. Um, yeah. And and I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. And and thanks for respecting my time constraint as well. Um, enjoyed our conversation. So my YouTube channel is The Think Institute. You can find my podcast by searching for The Think Institute or The Think Podcast. And again, we help dads to lead their families in defending the truth of the Christian worldview. My name is Joel Sedicase. All of my content, for the most part, can be found on the website, thethink.institute. Tom, thanks again. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. See you later. Bye. See ya. All right. Thanks, guys. Anyone got any questions? I'm going to hang out for a bit, for a bit, for a bit.
for a bit for seen it. I get the wrong button there. Ah, come on. Why is it working? Deactivate. Activate. Damn it. Black and white. Did he have anything useful, uh, Gainomatic? I mean, yeah, I think he, he was one of the more pleasant precepts I've talked to. So, I mean, I think it was interesting to explore his ideas, and I definitely like to talk with him more to explore more of the precept stuff and my arguments against it. Have I talked to this guy before? No. J Root Jala, I have not talked with this guy before. Uh, ZPD, did he ever make an argument for God or did he just assert the whole time? Well, I mean, all Christians do is assert stuff without any evidence. So he's not about the same as all Christians. Uh, radical centrist, do you agree this is just the Darth Dawkins argument? Well, it's presuppositionalism. Darth Dawkins is a precept, but he's not. Joel wasn't nearly as annoying as Darth Dawkins. He was much more fun to talk to. Um, <laughs> prestige how do i maintain patience it's pretty easy actually since i don't like i'm not emotionally engaged with the outcome of the conversation i'm not like i don't like expect anything to happen i'm not like expecting people to change their mind i'm just essentially going with the flow mostly so it's it's easy for me not to be uh frustrated by it T-Jump, you have to have precepts so you can prove my precepts are better than yours. Ha ha. That is not a coherent sentence, Gravesnack. Graves. Graves. Javier Jara. Hi, Tom. This is my preposition. I am right. You are wrong. Prove my assertion. You're welcome, atheist. Your mom. That's my answer. Your mom. What is the best steel man you can make of his best argument? Um, well, his argument is that there are these logical absolutes that are abstract and to have abstract truths, you need a mind because abstract objects don't exist without a mind, which platonic objects, yeah, they can. But uh, so if abstract objects can only exist in a mind and there are abstract truths in all possible universes, then there would need to be a mind in all possible universes to ground those facts. Something like that. Church of Entropy. Jen, Jen, Jenny, Jen, Jenny, Jen. Mark Wassler, T-Jump, tell everyone to hit the like button. What he said, peoples. T-Jump, is comparative religion a good way to deal with precepts? I doubt it, Travis. I don't think so, because I think they're going to, if you do comparative religion, what they're going to do is they're going to bring up facts about the other religions that are silly, like that. Muslims put the moon in half or whatever and they're logically contradictory or that they have factual mistakes or whatever. And unless you know enough about the religion to actually defend it to show it's more rational than Christianity or less or show as many mistakes in Christianity or something, then it's going to be hard to do the comparative religion analysis. What you could do is you could show that Christianity is more illogical by showing all the mistakes in Christianity and then essentially go back and forth with silly things in both books, which would be entertaining at least. 
Jacob McKenzie, give Tom all your money. Yes. Support the Hot Blonde Fund. <laughs> Monster Hunter Rise is coming to Steam in January. Monster Hunter? I was never a big Monster Hunter fan. It was too grindy for me. Doesn't matter that other religions are irrational. The point is that people who believe them and are gullible. Well, I, the, Travis, the point is, is that if you brought up the comparative religion analysis as an argument, then what they're going to do is they're going to um, show problems with the other religion. And if they can show problems with the other religion that you can't refute or that, yeah, those are problems. And they're just going to be like, well, clearly that's... Uh, you see, there's this other problem, and since there's this other problem, and you admit there's this other problem, then that must be a logical contradiction, which proves that can't be the God thingy. Essentially. So it's, it's a hard... If you're going to take that route, um, you would have to know enough about the other religions to try to defend them. How much do hot blondes cost? What's the fundraising goal? Um, hot blondes cost about 500 a night, I would guess, is about, is about the average. Fundraising goal is a million dollars. But T-Jump, are you going to play the new Far Cry 6? Yes, I'm definitely going to get Far Cry 6. I, uh, no, Jen. Jen, your, your onion tree does not count as a precept. It doesn't exist. T-Jump isn't platonic objects in platonic realm, realm, just another presupposition, sort of, yeah, like the presup, like platonic objects, I don't think platonic objects exist, but it's just to say that the presuppositional argument is that these abstract objects can only exist in minds. Well, there's a logical possibility that they don't, which is platonic objects. Platonic objects are abstract objects that exist with no mind. And so that means that it's not the case that just because the platonic object, or just because abstract objects, even if we granted they existed in all possible worlds, wouldn't entail a mind existing in all possible worlds. Uh, T-Jump, will you take on Made by Jim Bob? I guess. If someone wants to set up a debate, pay me my 50 bucks. I don't even know who that is. T-Jump, you used the phrase, no evidence. Christian apologists have been criticizing this as technically inaccurate recently, arguing that they do present evidence even if they're not convinced. Just questions. Um, so I define evidence as that which can differentiate imagination from reality. What they present is arguments. Um, their arguments can't differentiate imagination from reality, so they don't count as evidence. They're using the Bayesian definition of evidence, and the Bayesian definition of evidence is super, super bad. Like in Bayesian epistemology, if you have a gold brick in your house... And you can say that, well, leprechauns like gold bricks, therefore this gold brick is evidence of leprechauns. That would be evidence in the Bayesian epistemology definition of evidence. Therefore, they're, they're, the Christian definition of evidence is just terrible. They count anything as evidence. Anything you can imagine doing anything would count as evidence. So it's, they use such a diluted definition of evidence. It's not. It's definitely not. Evidence is that which can differentiate imagination from reality. If they don't provide that, it's not evidence. And they don't provide that, therefore they have no evidence, none whatsoever. Uh, Adam Tukay, in your moral model, if morality is caused by an undiscovered law of nature, how would a rock falling on someone naturally be considered immoral so something natural would provoke 
unnatural. So in my worldview, any imposition on will is immoral, involuntary imposition of will. So it doesn't matter what causes it. If a rock falls on you without your consent, that's immoral. The universe itself is immoral compared to a different universe where that wouldn't or couldn't happen. So a universe where rocks fall or could fall on people without their consent and break their legs is a more immoral universe than a universe that rocks can't fall on people without their consent. Jute Jella, prime example that atheists start belief from the bottom to top and theists from the top to bottom. Yes, that is exactly correct. Dan Dennett, I think, started that meme thingy, the cranes versus skyscrapers or something. That's right, Jin. There's an immoral rock and you have an immoral onion tree. Prove is also not defined. I, mean, I think, I guess it depends. Like you can say prove is defined as like absolute certainty, infallibilism. Uh, they are afraid of hell. If you try to change their minds, you are threatening them with eternal torture. I mean, I, I guess that's true, but I don't think that has anything to do with the evidence. I really don't care what people believe or why they believe. All I care about is like, do the evidence actually indicate the conclusion they're arguing for? And if so, then that's all I really care about. Um, whether or not it convinces them, I don't I don't care if anybody's convinced. Like it doesn't make a difference to me. I'm more interested in the arguments kind of like a chess game. Uh so Travis, so why you ask why do people believe in religions that have logical contradictions? You could also talk to cargo cults. But yeah, there's lots of people who believe very silly things. Robib, yes. Would, would I have sex with a clown if the clown was sufficiently sexy? Yeah, if it was a hot blonde clown that was like 20 years old, yeah, for sure. People are motivated by emotion. Yes, logic is actually also motivated by emotion. So if you don't have emotions, you can't do logic. Uh, I forget which study that was, that someone had the emotional centers in their brain damage and they couldn't make any decisions at all. How is it God does not exist because there's actually nothing to fear? How is it God does not exist? Question mark, because there's actually nothing to fear? I mean, if God existed, that would definitely be something to fear. Uh um yada 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 what's more ridiculous his argument or his mustache like i didn't notice his mustache at all i don't know if it was ridiculous or not um what do you think about the position of moral error theorists and moral nihilists i don't agree with them i think that moral subjectivism is better i don't so I think that the best theory of morality, like the most supported one is definitely the evolutionary theory of morality. But I don't think it's true. I think there is something greater than that that we just haven't discovered yet. So I don't think moral error theorists and moral nihilists, I don't think are good theories. I think moral subjectivism is far better overall. Just the error, the like evolutionary theory. Um, but I do think that it's going to be like, I do think there's an objective morality out there that we haven't discovered yet. Adam Takei, when is my book coming out? I have no idea. Samuel Samuel Nassan is my co-author and he's behind on his part, so I'm kind of just waiting for him. But he's going through a lot of stuff in Malaysia because of COVID, so I don't know. Can you anti-presup? Claim that claim accept claim accepting God as a foundation leads to an incoherent worldview. 
than never defend it? Sort of. Like I tried that versus my last precepts where I said, let's accept God is real and let's ask why is this your definition of truth and see how you get to that definition of truth. That was a really interesting one. I'd definitely like to try that against Joel for sure. What do I think is the purpose of life? Um, the purpose of life is to find happiness. I don't think reproduction is the purpose. I think um, like there are many people who are happy without reproducing. So I think happiness is more important than reproduction. Reproduction is a consequence of life because of evolution selects for survival. So the things that produce survival are more likely to survive. But I don't think that's the purpose of life. I don't think, I think the purpose of consciousness is happiness. I don't think life has a purpose in and of itself. Because yeah, I think that was more of his question. What is the purpose of life? Like metabolism, organisms, organisms that live. Happiness is hardest to find. Not really. Like, I mean, I think happiness is only hard to find in the case that because there's limited resources. Crow Egg Night Wolf, make sure you like and sub. Yeah. And monies, give me monies, hot blonde fun, super chats and stuff. Doesn't believing in an objective morality that hasn't been discovered yet contradict the rule of not believing something until there's no sort of, yes, it would, but I don't think that's, that's not a principle. So I don't think it's, it's not unreasonable to believe something with no evidence as long as you don't claim there's evidence. If you believe something there's no evidence for and you claim there's evidence, that's a problem. Like, if, like you're claiming there's a God and say, there's evidence of a God. I believe rationally. That's silly. If you just said, I have faith and there's no evidence, that's perfectly fine. You can say, I just believe God is a hypothesis, but I don't think there's any evidence. That would be perfectly reasonable. Or if you said, I believe in fairies, even though I think there's no evidence, perfectly reasonable. So it's only unreasonable to, to believe in something with no evidence and then claim you have evidence, which is just objectively wrong. Like uh, most pseudosciences, like homeopathy, dowsing, that kind of thing, claiming you can do stuff that you obviously demonstrably can't do. Jared, I think there's a mouse, mouse experiment that would discredit your hypothesis that happiness is somehow connected to abundance of resources. Well, there's a number of studies. That's not what I meant by that, but there's a number of studies that show money makes people happier up to a certain point once you get above the threshold of poverty and you can afford food and housing and all that stuff. So resources do amount to happiness. But what I mean by um, the limitation of resources is like you can't, create your own universe and generate as many hot blondes or whatever as you want. If you could do that, if there was no limit on resources at all, of any kind of resources, then yeah, I don't think there'd be a, a, a limit of happiness as much. I think the reason people are limited on happiness is because there's a limited amount of food, a limited amount of um, games, a limited amount of activities, a limited amount of connections, a limited amount of time, a limited amount of health. I think all of those are the limits on resources I'm talking about. Happiness is difficult in the face of so much misery and suffering in others. One feels the guilt of comfort. Never felt that. Never, never once have I felt that. I would be a happy billionaire on my little throne and just sitting on all the poor people and I wouldn't care at all. I don't think so, Jared. Like, I don't know how that would, like, we, we, would, we would add one extra law of physics, which is it is physically impossible to force anyone to do anything they don't consent to and then give everyone their own universe problem solved. That would solve every, that would make a perfectly moral universe. JG, 
that is false. I know they are what I really wanted because I got them and it cured my depression instantly. So it is exactly what I wanted and it's cured my depression and I've had several months with no depression. So incorrect. Super chat. Take my money. You've earned it. And 70 at 70, I absolutely hate learning new shit. Uh, but I learned something every time I listen to you. Thanks, Charles. I appreciate it. I thought you, I think, and you mistyped seven. Pretty sure you're seven, not 70. Seven, seven years old, correct? Uh, Well-being, crowing Nightwolf, that's why people don't use happy, don't usually have happiness as a foundation of morality, but rather well-being. That's actually false. So most philosophers don't use well-being. Well-being is so terribly defined, it could just be anything. Well-being is a terrible definition of morality, and that's one of the main criticisms against... Uh, Sam Harris. So well-being does not work as a definition of morality. Happiness is a much better definition. Um, what caused your depression? Gay nomadic. It was not having hot blondes. Lack of sex is pretty much the answer. Why do you think subjectivism is superior to error theory? Um, because morality may definitely exist. Like we, we have moral feelings. Moral feelings are definitely a thing. And so our moral feelings correspond to reality in such a way that they can describe actual states of affairs in animals and in societies and in cultures. And so it, it does correspond to something. It's not an error to say it's true that these feelings exist and that they correspond to something, to some interactions in the world. So I don't think error theory, which says that anybody who says moral statements are true or false is an error, is coherent. Henry Hansen's sex can cause kinds of problems. I mean, sure it can, but it can solve many kinds too. For me, at least. I don't know about other people. That's right. Propositions don't exist. Propositions are sentences that describe facts about reality, and reality exists. So propositions don't exist. Propositions are sentences. Uh, and you have salve, many salve, solve. Do intoxicants help? No. Um, dr alcohol and drugs make me feel worse all the time. They don't actually make me feel better. Why wouldn't it be coherent? What, what, what be coherent? People who speak and think about God are in error since God doesn't exist. They are really, they, there really is theistic language and people really are referring to God though. Well, yeah, because they, they refer to God as existing outside of space and time or whatever, which is false. If people use morality as an existing term for a certain kind of mental phenomenon that exists in cultures, then that's a true thing. So I don't think that, like, it would only be error if you referred to morality as an existing thing and it didn't exist outside of minds but like moral subjectivism doesn't do that moral subjectivism says that morality does exist as feelings or correspondences to feelings in the brain which is correct it does so it would be better than error theory because morality does exist as a certain kind of feelings and correspondence in the brain Uh, Bosco, propositions don't exist. Joel, well, I would agree with that, but where does the proposition exist? <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make fun of people's um, mis misspeaking on like 
little things like that. Like it's funny, but it doesn't doesn't change the argument. How about morality is direct consensual conduct? I don't know what that means. Direct consensual conduct. Direct consensual conduct. No, I don't think so. I don't think conduct would be right. Not, I don't think directly would be right either because it wouldn't have to be direct. So like um, if somebody left their gate open in their backyard and you closed their gate without them knowing about it, but they wanted their gate closed, that would still be moral even though it was indirect, it was unconsensual. So I don't think direct or consensual would be, I think my version is better. So any involuntary imposition of will or voluntary assistance of will. If you disbelieve in morality, then you are not fostering virtue. Jen, that's gibberish. Just questions. Teach you appreciate the engagement and don't endorse error theory, but I do think it's coherent. Happy to discuss it. Well, I mean, it's coherent. Like I definitely, it's not incoherent in the fact that it's gibberish. Like it literally, it logically makes sense what they're saying. Like if you think morality, uh, true moral statements can be true, but they have no nothing for them to correspond to, then it makes sense what error theory is saying. I just don't think it's correct. You make the prediction that in the future, AI or some alien civilization will conform to your theory. Is there something else that is that really sufficient for a theory to be considered falsifiable? Uh, well, that's, yeah, like falsifiable just means here's some fact you can find, which if my theory is right, this would prove it false. So, yeah, I mean, if we found that a there were sufficiently advanced technological species or evolved species that have a, enough resources and intelligence and don't conform to this morality or don't recognize it, then that would falsify my theory. Conforming to virtue is gibberish. What does it mean to conform to virtue? How do you conform to a verb? If you later found the person wanted their gate open, would you have... Yes, Bill. If you, if you found that a person wanted their gate open but and you closed it without their consent yes that would be an immoral action correct chronic night worth everything you say is gibberish well screw you man i hate you you're so mean even though you're probably talking to jen um i might have said that just questions but yeah i don't it definitely isn't literally incoherent i think it's just not as supported not as not as good it's probably just using incoherent in the general sense there to mean not stupid. It's, it's stupid compared to subjectivism. That's my position. It's stupid. Um, let's see. Got it to work. Nice. 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 I'm not going to talk about concepts people don't believe in. That's a waste. Jin, that's all you do. Literally all you do is talk about concepts that people don't believe in. That's like, that's, that's literally the everything you do. Uh, 
ontological argument, a God is greater if he finds a flaw in the ontology. Yes. <laughs> the greatest possible being is a, is a being that can debunk the ontological argument. Therefore, the ontological argument is false. That's great. I love it. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Philip, Philip T. Farias. It's a good argument. What is the second most convincing theory of morality is social subjective morality. Subjective evolutionary morality is the second, is the best explanation outside of mine. Or did you mean like the, the model, like the best model? Um, I don't know, because I don't know of any good models that accurately describe things in the same sense. Um, like it's hard to say. I mean, some probably some form of consequentialism or utilitarianism in the sense that they probably. What do you mean by evolutionary morality? Morality as in as a result of evolution. So just morality as understood as a result of evolution. So morality is purely subjective kind of a thing. Jin mm. <laughs> is crazy AF. Uh, if what is moral is hedonistic and a psychopath really takes good pleasure from killing babies and is utterly miserable when he does not have their blood on his hands, what is, is it moral to kill? No, it'd still be immoral because the baby would be, un be killed without his consent. So it would be moral to give him a universe where he can be under that delusion if he wants to that like uh, AIs, artificial intelligences, whatever, that would be moral, but it would never be moral to actually kill another human being. It would still be immoral. Uh, by speaking, you presuppose rudimentary logic. I mean, yeah, sentences presuppose English and logic because you're using the sentence. But that doesn't mean that you presuppose them for your worldview. Like, obviously, like me speaking right now, I'm presupposing that everyone's listening understands English. But that doesn't mean that English is required for my worldview. So it doesn't presuppose in the way that he meant it. There is a Dostoevskian argument, re the baby killing. Well, I mean, Dostoevsky was not right about much. So, I mean, I don't know. Sure, there is. Jen, Jen, you don't presuppose language for a worldview. That's not how language works. Language came way after the worldview, so stuff exists without language. No, no, Jen, no. There is a great paper on evolutionary morality by Ron Mullen. And. Edward Malachry, Evolution of Morality. Check it out. Yeah, I, I, there's lots of papers on evolutionary morality. It's definitely, I mean, it's the most supported theory by far because it's what we have. Tom, what do you think about Sam Harris says about the self being an illusion and can you actually have the insight through meditation? Mm, sort of. Like obviously the self isn't an illusion. I don't I don't agree with that. But you can definitely can have that feeling from meditation. You, you can feel like 
you just blend into the background of reality and you're like connected to some greater feeling. That's definitely a psychological experience. It's not, doesn't mean the self is an illusion. It would still be a part of the self. Uh, I like when I put in my vacation time at work and I presuppose that I'm going to... <laughs> uh, yep, yep. That's so true. Self is constructed model, not an illusion? Sort of. I mean, I would say that the self is just your direct experience. So I wouldn't say it's a model. I'd say it's literally your direct experience. Do you have any intuitions about telekinesis? Like, it's false. I don't think it's possible. It would be cool. I would definitely love to be able to pick up my remote with my psychic powers and not have to stand. That would be great. I would like telekinesis. Have I played Grime? Nope, I have not played Grime. Never heard of it. <laughs> I, 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 no, no, no. More interesting than these fake phony theists? What? What? What is more interesting than fake phony theists? What? Grinder. That's how I met James. And actually, I think that darker eyebrows with lighter hair is actually more attractive than light eyebrows with light hair. So, like, uh, brunettes who dye their hair blonde are actually more attractive than natural blondes, typically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Skull Knight, if you can actually get Jay Dyer to do a debate, I'd be up for that, do a Jay Dyer part two, but uh, he's banned me on everything, so you'd have to actually get him to... Set it up. Harris says that the feeling of being a self have having experiences is an illusion and what is happening is all there. That's silly, silly gibberish. Like literally you, the self just means the thing having the experience. Did I just disparage natural blondes? Yes, natural blondes are not as attractive as dyed blondes. What is the thing having the experience? You you are. Yeah, exactly. That's a good LG. What is the thing having the experience? Exactly. Uh, oh, you mean Elmatic? Uh, Jen, Jen and the El Elmatic reference. Wow. Unexpected. I lean physicalist myself, but meditation at its surrounding ethos can be fun to dip. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like meditation. I like ASMR. I like Reiki. 
Like all those things are super relaxing, even though I think they're nonsense. They're very relaxing. You can't even prove you exist. Anthropy? Exist anthropy? What? Entropy. I can't prove I exist entropy. My worldview does not necessitate the Kagito. Does not necessitate. How, how does your worldview not. What worldview does not necessitate the Kagito? Like, what? Jin, your whole worldview is nothing but consciousness. How can your worldview not necessitate the Kagito? It literally is the Kagito. If I use Kagito, I would be contradicting contradicting Buddhism. How does the Kagito contradict Buddhism, Jin? Like, oh my god, oh my god, contradict Buddhism. I'm gonna get the Dalai Lama to debate Jin on the Kagito. I love how pompous Jin is at all times. <laughs> it definitely makes Jin entertaining for sure. Carrie uh, J. Walker, Buddhism literally has Buddha coming up with similar, something similar to the Kagito. Yes. I mean, the, the, uh, Dalai Lama specifically said that if science disagrees with Buddhism, Buddhism is wrong and science is right. So Jin disagrees with the Dalai Lama. Coming soon, Buddhism light. <laughs> What is the default state of the universe that God is cons constantly opposing against? Oh, yeah, yeah. So if, if God is required to hold stuff as stuff, then somehow it must be possible for stuff to not be stuff if there was no God, which is incoherent. I listened to a convo from a year ago between Jin and that secular Quranist lady, and it sounded like <laughs> like a B award fourth door down the hall and across from the lunchroom. Yes, genius tracks. That is an accurate description. I, I agree. <laughs> Jin, 
That which does not occur is nothing, or better, non-occurrence is nothing. Hmm. That which does not occur is nothing. I'm not sure I'd agree with that. Like, so for example, you could say that there is a necessary thing which didn't occur outside of space and time, and that could be a something. But I don't agree with occurrence is everything. Is it rational to instantiate the root of suffering not in my worldview, maybe in yours? I don't know. I don't know what that means, Jen. The root of evil can't be in a worldview. Has to be has to be like a thing that exists in all worldviews or else it, the worldview doesn't explain everything. That which presupposes to say that which presupposes that which I mean technically not like you you can you can get logic from other things and then so that which can be a result of evidence not a presupposition but it just has to be a really long argument there is no reason to presuppose the nature of your cogito to reality. What? How, how can my cogito not exist in reality, Jin? How can I think therefore I am while reality isn't? Yeah, Jin, so how, how can I think I exist and reality not be the case? Not reality not be reality. How is that possible, Jin? Evil has new roots. It's all about... It rolls about like tumbleweed. <laughs> you don't... You, you don't say how Kagito exists? What? Kagito doesn't need to... You don't need to say how it exists, Jin. That's not the point. The point is that it does exist. How it exists doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you came to exist. It's not the point of the argument. You say nothing if you don't say how Kagito exists. No, Jin, doesn't matter if you say how Kagito exists or not. How it exists doesn't make a difference. Like, you could exist as material, you could exist as dualism, you could exist as idealism. It doesn't make a difference to the argument how you exist. All that matters is you do exist. Invite Jin in? No, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not emotionally prepared for a debate with Jin right now. I'm only going to go for another like 20 minutes. Jin, Jin, you don't need to know how it, you don't need to know how it exists. If it exists, you just need to know it exists. Like the point of the, the argument isn't to explain how you came to a being. It's just to know that you do exist and can't believe you exist and be wrong. Which applies to every, that, that truth applies to all possible ways of how it could come to existence. So the conclusion of the argument applies 
in every possible way you came into existence. You don't need to know how you came into existence to know you exist. Jin. Uh, let's... Go, go have a conversation with Quantum and Nomadic. That'll be, that'll be entertaining. And Claire, at the same time. You can't doubt you exist because the doubt itself proves that you do. Well, you can. You can, you can say, I believe I don't exist and actually have that feeling. It would just be wrong or incoherent. But you can't positively believe you do exist and be wrong. That is, that is the irrefutable thing, genius. No, Elchi, no, no. I've already had a debate with Jin. You can find you can find my debate with Jin. I've had two debates with Jin. You can find both of them on my channel. If you want to see how that went. It was a dumpster fire. What am I playing? This is, uh, this is Hades. Hades is the name of this game. T-Jump using the best fantasy weapon? Like, eh, this weapon's okay. The shield is the best weapon. I mean, the shield's really good, the gun is really good, and the bow are really good. The bow with the triple explosive shot is just crazy. Special deals more damage and knocks foes back. That's really good. Even though it replaces my only ability. Freaking keys are useless. T-Jump in all fantasy settings, punching and kicking monsters is best. Clearly lies. Have you never played Final Fantasy? Like every single ninja anime or video game, swords are the best for sure. Ninja weapons. Rurouni Kenshin. Monks are like a terrible class in Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy was all about the swords. Use use the big long katana that the bad guy had. That was that was the best weapon in the game. About the falsifiability of your theory, are you, you were, are actually making several predictions in your initial one, further, further ones about the AI and ET that will be able to confirm the, what? I have no idea what you're saying, Adam.
You look like James Rolfe. I think I've heard that before. I don't know what that is. In Final Fantasy 1, no. Final Fantasy, monks are lame. Lame, lame monks, lame, lame. <laughs> I hate, you hate how Destiny is always playing pixelated game types. I mean, I don't mind the art style on this one. Like, I really don't care about the art as much as the combat. This game has a really, really good combat system. Like, it's not, it's not great. It's kind of, I mean, because it was, this game was supposed to be hard, but it's not, it's not. It's, it's actually really easy. But, because right now I'm playing on the harder mode, the harder difficulty mode, but it, this is not, it's not hard. As soon as you understand the power-up mechanics, it's pretty easy. But I like, this game has a really good combat system compared to most games. Ninja Gaiden is still better, though. <laughs> See you, Robib. You got me into Far Cry. That game was pretty cool. Yeah, Far Cry is a pretty good game. The later ones are like not the late, like five kind of sucked. Four was good. Three was, I think four was the best. Four, either four or three. Four and three are both really good. Super chat, I learned from you, thanks. Reebok, thank you, Reebok, I appreciate it. I'm glad that you learned from me. I'm glad that I can help you with your philosophical journeys. I'd, like, I'd actually like to make a religion. I'd like to make the religion of atheism, get, get like a non-profit going. Get a, get a church, church of debate, church, church my, the objective morality of my uh, best possible world model. I think that actually be really cool, like start a religion, start a religion of atheism. The one with the four sections of the map with four different bosses had to defeat some cult that was the four, oh the Yeah, that was the fifth one, I think. That was the one I didn't actually like that one as much as the other ones. Four and three were better than that one. Worship the great Athesimo. Worship the chair. The chair is the God. The chair is the only true God. If you can't beat him, might as well save. Save on time. Exactly. 
I mean, because I think actually religion provides a lot of really good things. In addition to the tax benefits, tax breaks, like you don't have to pay housing taxes, which is phenomenal. Like, holy shit, you don't have to pay housing taxes. Like, that's, that's like $1,000 a month, you say. That's crazy. But I think the community thing and the centralized uh, system of values, I think that's a, those are good things. May your chair always be comfy. That's a good one, Jen. I like it. I like it. That, that, that could be our, like, uh, God bless you. May your chair always be comfy. Sing songs poorly as a crowd. Yep. That is a, that is a good, a good, uh, a good thing to bring people together is to make them sing very badly together. Jen, it's a religion now. It's, it's it will be. I'm gonna make it a religion. It's gonna conquer the world. We're gonna we're gonna conquer it. We're gonna just make everyone's house a church of atheism. And then when everyone's house is a church of atheism, no one's gonna have to pay income taxes or no uh, housing. What's the housing taxes? Property taxes. We make every we make every single house a part of the church of atheism, so no one pays property taxes. And then the government's gonna have to start taxing churches. That's the solution. So in order to get con in order to get the government to tax churches, we just need to get our the Church of Atheism to like own enough property that they just lose so much income that like no we have to tax churches now. I am a charismatic atheist, so the hierarchy thing in the religion is not going to work. Like, there isn't really going to be. I mean, I guess the hierarchy would be me. I, I am the, I am the hierarchy. Mahaha, mahahaha. But yeah, there probably wouldn't be much of a hierarchy other than just uh, objective morality, maybe. I mean, I guess the objective morality would be the hierarchy is like to value all lives. And that's about it. More like Buddhism. So there's not really a hierarchy. Shiva dog in combat position. Thank you, Dima. Appreciate that. Oh God, I'm dying. Appreciate the super chat. As always. Long time supporter. Uh, no, in the Church of Atheism, I get all hot blondes. All, all hot blondes go to T-Jump. That is, that is the rule. <laughs> no, the objective morality is definitely going to be my best of all possible worlds. Like That's going to be the objective morality for the Church of Atheism.
what is what's your go-to crypto like i mean ethereum is the one that's growing the best right now i'm out of crypto i sold my stocks because of the market crash which like recently happened so i'm out of stocks right now but i would say probably ethereum right now Couch coin, yes. So when when we create the religion of atheism, we're definitely going to create a uh, crypto called Couch Coin. Ideas from Jin, definitely a thing. T-Jump NFTs. Uh, NFTs are so silly. Like, we're going to create a digi digital signature to some event. Like, let's create it's like video games, beating a video game, a, a video game speed run NFT. Like, wow. Saint Jen. Yep, we're going to make Saint Jen. Saint Jen is going to be a thing. Probably need a better name than Saints, though. <laughs> instead of yarmulkes we wear fedoras to the atheist church <laughs> that's a good one yes fedoras Gen of perpetual annoyance. I founded a church based on heavy metal. Let me know if you want some tips. Yes, definitely. All right, guys, that was about two hours. I'm going to head out. It was fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Join the Church of T-Jump. Um, give to the Hot Blonde Fun. Like, sub, and, and whatever. And eat potatoes. Peace out. I'll see you guys later.